I'm excited to talk about tonight's speaker as we uh, continue to enter our series, Rediscover Church. And so if you're new tonight or uh, you weren't here with us last week, this month we are in a series called Rediscover Church. And uh, I don't want to like review my whole message, but one of the things that we, I have personally encountered a tongue with walking with young adults is that the amount of people that are skeptical towards, towards the church, hurt with the church, just don't trust the church is just like off the charts. Since, since COVID, they're saying about one third of people that used to attend church just don't value it and have stopped going completely. And so we're in a, in a season where in general, we just as Christians need to rediscover what church is, Jesus' vision for the church. So if you weren't here last week, I kind of started off our series talking about Jesus' vision for the church and then really just challenging us uh, is our vision for what the church is supposed to be, is what we're giving ourselves to Jesus's vision for the church. So I'm kind of viewing this whole series as like a surgery where last week it's like cutting you open and then like this week is like dealing with the actual wound. So uh, tonight we're actually specifically talking about church hurt, period. Uh, I know many of you that that's resonates, you're in a season where you're hurt by the church. Um, and so I'm really excited about this. Um, so our, our speaker tonight is Matt Redder. I know many of you. I know many of you know Matt Redder, but kind of the backstory of how I got to know Matt. I remember um, Paul Artino, who was a former pastor of this ministry, a former pastor here at this church. Uh, he came up to me and he was like, "Hey, there's a college pastor from Colorado coming named Matt. You guys should hang out." And I was like, "Oh, okay." I was like, "Is he coming for my job, or are we just hanging out?" And uh, so he set Matt and I up. We got coffee, and I didn't really know uh, what that coffee would turn into. Uh, but I will say that coffee turned into something that was what I would say is extremely special for me. Uh, I would consider Matt a ministry mentor of mine. Like, I feel like he's a safe place for me to go to. He's, he's brilliant. He's been a college pastor, like I said, in Colorado. So he has a lot of experience working with college students and young adults. And just him being somebody in a safe place that I can just bounce ideas off of, uh, just things that I'm wrestling with as I uh, pastor this community has been so helpful. And I feel like so many of the things that, Lord willing, that God has blessed you through me have honestly come directly through Matt in my life. Uh, and so it's been a valuable mentorship, uh, friendship. His wife, Tasha, is in the back. Hi, Tasha. Glad, <laughs> glad you're here tonight. Uh, but anyways, I'm really excited for you guys to hear Matt, um, and I'm, I'm praying that it's a real big blessing for you. So, Matt, are you ready? All right, give uh, Matt a 710 warm welcome. Well, Corey said I'm brilliant, so I've already failed. <laughs> like, we can only go down from here, guys. Also, full disclosure, my least favorite part of a sermon is the beginning. It's like, do you tell another joke that no one's going to get anyway? Do you say something that's probably going to hurt somebody? That's usually what I do, so I'm going to try not to do that, because we're talking about church hurt. And so Corey said a little bit about where we kind of come from and what we've done, but we, my wife and I, we've been in ministry, in ministerial leadership for about 20 plus years, and then the last like five years, I've been working with churches and pastors and leaders through my job that I now have. So you could say... I have ample opportunity to both give and receive hurt, or I've had it, right, 25 years-ish in church, in leadership, now I work with pastors, and my goal tonight is to share some stories and learning with you from the experience over the years and to talk about specifically why conflict matters and why conflict and healing and these things are kind of wrapped up together. So... 
if you're going to have a space, let's say like a church, that has people in it, you're going to have problems. Do you agree with me? If you're going to have any space with people, you're going to potentially have problems. And if we're going to talk about a series like Rediscover the Church, we got to have space to talk about what happens when it goes wrong, right? <laughs> when it goes wrong, when it gets sideways. And I want to also say full disclosure, if there's any weird thing with the slide, it's 100% my fault, just so you know. It's not slide leader's fault at all. Um, so Corey already kind of mentioned what he talked about last week, so I don't want to reiterate that a ton, except to say that, as he said last week, there's a crisis in the church in the sense that there are more people leaving church than there are coming to church. There's more churches closing than there's churches opening. And even the people that kind of stepped away during COVID, there's only a percentage of those that are coming back. And as Corey mentioned, there seems to be, in different studies, three reasons in particular that are at the top of these studies as to why people aren't going to come back. And there's a line through all of them. So you can see the, up there, but the, the number one reason is past experience with religious institutions. Number two is hypocrisy in the church. Number three, negative reputation of the church. Do you kind of see the line of continuity between those things? It's like the church. And it's like the people in the church. And Corey said this line that I love so much. He gave you guys a gift when he said, church is supposed to be the place we heal, not the place we get hurt. Remember him saying that? Church is supposed to be the place we heal, not the place we get hurt. So let me ask you this. Just like keep this in your mind as I talk tonight, hopefully for the allotted amount of time. Is it right that we should expect our churches to be places of healing? Is it right that we should expect our churches to be places of healing? And I think that this question, this thing that, the question I asked, but also the thing that Corey brought up, church is supposed to be the place we heal, not the place we get hurt. I actually think that this is kind of where we get down to the crux of our problem. And I'll, I'm going to say it to you this way. I do think we have a rightly placed expectation of the church. This is the place we get healed. This is the place we meet God. This is where we fellowship with others. We sing, we praise, we pray. This is where the blind see. This is where the deaf hear. This is where hungry people get fed. This is where foster families, did Bryce leave? Foster families get connected with help so that they can get help. This is where it should happen. And also, this is a place we come where I have an expectation that I'm going to bump into other people who are filled with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. So the, the thing is that it's shocking when I don't experience that and when something happens contrary to my expectation. It's shocking when we bump into the sin and the brokenness of other people in this specific place. So truth is, like I already said, anytime we interact with other humans, they take the chance of running into their sin and brokenness, right? Not to mention you bring yours along in the process. And that's why I love the title of our message tonight. Do you, uh, can we put that slide back up? The title says, When It Goes Wrong. 
Do you get that? It doesn't say if it goes wrong. And the reason for that is because how many people do you think are in the room right now? 100 maybe? Whatever it is. I, I'm never, I've never been good at this. How many people came to church? I don't know, 6,000. I don't know. So it's like 80 people here. You best believe the opportunity to be hurt, just like it goes up, right? At your job, in your families. Anytime you interact with other people, uh, this is a possibility. So we titled it, When It Goes Wrong, Not If It Goes Wrong. And I want to go back for a minute. My goal tonight in this process is to share with you some stories and learnings that have come from these years and experiences of church, mostly things I've failed in, to be really straight with you, but also to connect a dot with why conflict matters and maybe just crack the door for you on how we can find healing. So that's the goal tonight, all right? And before we get too far, I'm just going to pray real quick because of this topic. So would you bow your head for a second? Lord, uh, thank you so much for your kindness towards us. Thank you for coming for us. Thank you for this ministry. Thank you for every individual story in the room tonight, um, but also the ways that we have been hurt, broken, uh, had our expectations unmet. God, would you, would you bring healing tonight? Would you bring healing? Would you protect us from anything that might be said that is not of you or doesn't matter? Just let it, let it fade away, Jesus. Um, be here with us where two or more gather in your name, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. So before we go too far, I do, I've got I've to gotta tackle this term church hurt, right? So have, just show of hands, would any of you say that you or someone you know has been hurt specifically in a church or because of a church or by a church? I guess you don't all have to raise your hands. I had a I had a funny, so, so today, as I was finishing up work, I, today was my day to like run our team meeting. So I just thought, well, I'll just ask everybody. I said, ask them the same question. Hey, share a story with the rest of the team of a time maybe you got hurt in church or someone said something kind of like off base to you. And dude, everybody had multiple stories, which I don't think that's great, but it does kind of prove the point. So church hurt, but that, that idea has come to encompass a lot of different things, right? So when we say we've been hurt by the church or someone in the church, we could be speaking about a vast, like a vast compendium of different things. All the way from, pick on Corey, because he can handle it, all the way from, man, Corey just won't call me back. He must not care about me. To on the other side is like, I was abused by a pastor when I was younger. And so we, when we say church hurt, we kind of lump this huge, all these things in. And I just want to be really clear about, about this. Abuse of power or manipulation by church leaders is never, ever okay. Never okay. That runs through the Bible, and I'm just going to share with you one quick section. This is Jeremiah 23, 1 and 2. Jeremiah prophesying to the shepherds of Israel, Woe, shepherds, 
who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says to the shepherds who tend my people. Because you've scattered my flock and driven them away, have not bestowed care on them, I will bestow punishment on you for the evil you have done, declares the Lord. That alone is just one of many warnings to those who lead in the local church. And I just want to say to you again, abuse of power, manipulation of power, those things in the church, God has no tolerance for those things. But I've also got to tell you tonight that that's not exactly what I'm talking about. I'm not going to, I don't know that we can even get into that. With that said, if you've experienced that or you're working through that, man, I would so pray that you'd be able to talk to Corey or someone else you trust about it and you could begin down the path of healing. And maybe if anything I say tonight helps you in that journey, like praise God. But again, that's not exactly what I'm going to tackle tonight. What I am going to tackle is this idea of, we could say a lot of different things, but this idea of like unmet expectations, disappointments, being offended, this whole group of other things when we talk about church hurt, going back to like, Corey never calls me back. Ray looked at me funny. Uh, reminds me of one time Kendrick completely side-eyed me. Like, I don't know what I said or what I was wearing, but he was judging me up and down. I wasn't hurt by that, though. So we're good. But, so, so that's kind of what we're talking about, right? Church hurt is in this camp. And in this camp, these are things God wants us to work through. So are the other things, but these are things God wants us to work through. These are things we're going to experience in relationship with other humans. Again, full disclosure, you're going to get hurt in relationship with other people. Corey's going to let you down, right? That's just going to happen. One writer says, humans are made for relationships, but sin drives us apart. Sin's always getting in the midst of this. And we've got to remember that when we're talking about any spaces where we interact with other humans, it's not a matter of if it's going to go wrong, it's a matter of when it's going to go wrong. Amen? You feeling me on that? Like, I just want to keep bringing that back up. So, as we already shared, but I've been in and around the local church for a long time, and in that time, I have an, uh, you know, what would you call it? I have a library of stories I could pull from to tell you of times I hurt people <laughs> or times I was hurt by others, uh, silly things I've said. <sighs> One of the reasons I write down what I'm going to say is because I can get a little freewheeling with my words and then, uh-oh, what have I said? What have I done? It's on video. Like, you know, that can get bad quick. So anyway, I have a library. But I want to share a few of those stories with you tonight. And through them also to, to highlight what was something to learn or take from those stories. Because as I said, right, like these situations invite us to healing and there is a God's in it, etc., Whatever. So I can actually remember the first time I really, like, really hit being hurt in church. I was uh, about y'all's age here, and I was volunteering with our youth, youth group, and we were on a missions trip, and my pastor was sick. So we had, like, 
70-ish kids, four vans, and we were driving across the country, right? Fairly stressful for the leaders. He got sick, and he was being nasty, right? Like, he was tired, and he was being a turd, and it was kind of like, annoying me. So I was, then I was talking to some of the other leaders about it, and I was like, yeah, he's really kind of being whatever. And they were like, you should talk to him about it. And I was like, I should. <laughs> eh, right, should, I should have backed off. So anyway, so I go to talk to him about it. I'm like, hey, man, do you even want to be here with us? Like, you're so angry. You're like short-tempered. Like, what's going on? And he didn't take that great. And so that happened. But that, was, that wasn't exactly the thing that, that did it for me. A couple days later, we were talking, and he said, you know, Matt, like, I thought a lot about the stuff you told me, and then I remembered that you're a 19-year-old kid, and you have no idea what it's like to do this. You have no idea what it's like to lead a team, and you, you don't even know what, what this is about. So whatever. And I was like, Ooh, that, now that hurt, right? And why did that hurt? Just to be dismissed. And also, though, it was like shocking that my pastor, who I would expect maybe more compassion and grace, etc., from, going back to what I said earlier, right? I do believe that we can have expectations of this space. And he, he fumbled it, right? I wasn't exactly right in going to him, but he fumbled that opportunity. And so for me, it was like a shocking instance where I realized my pastor is also a human. And he was frustrated and tired, and he responded to me poorly. Huh. I, I didn't know that's how it worked. I guess it does. And again, that kind of sat with me. But again, the thing to me that was shocking was I wouldn't have expected that from him. Good news is we worked through that, but that was a fumble. The second thing is something I did to somebody. And this, guys, this is like embarrassing to even tell you. But I'm going to tell you anyway just for the sake of why not. But we were, uh, I was getting ready to preach, and I had, there was a couple that was coming in the back, like the back couple doors, and this is an older, older couple in our ministry. Their son was in our ministry, and so I, I know them very well. And the, they came in, and the, the wife had on this, like, beautiful, bedazzled Christmas sweater with, like, bells and embroidery and all the, all the things. And I saw her, and, like, I just, I blacked out, and I just went right to her, and without even thinking... I was like, hey, can I borrow your sweater for our ugly sweater party we're going to have in the ministry? I know. Anyway, so that goes, that's like vomited out of my mouth. And I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> bring it back. Nope. Her husband, so she, ugh, she starts crying. So, I know. She's crying. Her husband is a great dude, but he's laughing. And he, he's now laughing, and he's, he goes, he goes, oh, dude, you're in trouble now. <laughs> and I was like, dang, yeah, I am. So, the, there's, and you know, you can't even back out of that, right? Like, what are you going to say? <laughs> Sorry. No, it's opposite Sunday. Like, there's nothing, 
we're not five. Like, there's nothing you can say. So, so she's crying. She sits down. I have to preach. So now she's like right here. So every time, you know, I'm like getting ready to do it. You know, and then Jesus said, I'm like, oh, I'm so dumb. Like, it just... Anyway, you guys get it. So, that, so in, that, in that instance, right, this poor woman, she comes to church in her beautiful Christmas sequins bedazzled sweater, and she's got to be shocked that pastor comes running up to her and is like, can I borrow that for the ugly sweater party? Man, I learned a lot that day. Like, don't talk unless you have to, Right? The next couple I just want to share with you, again, I could, we could do this all night. So I don't say that. That sounds like I'm bragging about hurting people. I'm not. I'm just saying it happens a lot. The next situation was interesting. When my wife and I stepped away from full-time ministry, there were a lot of people in our ministry that, that were hurt by that, right? They were hurt by our decision. And there was one couple in particular who really had a hard time with it. They had a hard time because in the process, what happened was we really felt we had a, you know, a, a disagreement about what direction the church should go in, how it was structured, how it was structured for our family, et cetera, et cetera. So we decided to part ways, basically. Now, what, they wanted more information, and we weren't going to give them more information because we didn't want to roll anybody else under the bus and say, well, I don't like how this is happening and I don't agree with this, and so we're going to go a different way. And so they were left just really feeling like, what the heck happened? So they decided to write us a letter. And in the letter, they said, um, they said, hey, Matt, uh, you always told us that we're better together. And now you're leaving. Like, why? Why can't we just know? And what a mutual, what a mutual painful situation, right? I had hurt them. They were hurting because of the this decision that we were making. And now they're telling me things I've said that I do believe. Oh. It must have been so shocking to them, right, that this pastor that they had gone on missions trips with and sweat with and cried with and built with was just stepping out. And that shocked them, I think. It, again, why would, why would we do this? And the last situation happened, again, about to preach. A lot of things happen when, when pastors are about to preach, so just heads up, like maybe just... If Corey's about to preach, just let him be. Don't say anything to him that you haven't vetted with a very close friend beforehand. Hey, I want to say hi to Corey. And they may be like, don't do it. You know what I mean? Like, just be careful. Anyway, so I'm about to preach, and I'm like putting the earpiece on, and a guy comes in the back door, and I look at him, and he, and he looks at me, and he's like, oh, hey, is, uh, is the main guy speaking today? And I was like, no, he's out of town. I'm speaking today. And he was like, oh. Well, he goes, are you guys going to like publish a speaking schedule? And I said, well, no, we're not going to do that because we believe in sharing the pulpit and it's just not a big deal. Like whoever's here is here. And he goes, oh. And he left. 
he walked out the back door and left the church, and I had to go up and preach, and I was like, oh no, what? And it, again, like, it was shocking to me in this space of like, that's not fair, that's not fair. And, and in, in my own heart, right, and I'm going I'm to address this later, but in my own heart I brought up these feelings of like, man, he doesn't want me to preach to him. I'm not good enough for him. I'm not as good as the other guy that normally speaks. He, he cries more than I do. I don't. Like, who knows what it is, but you're thinking all these things, and it's, it's so painful. And I, the thing is, I just tell you these stories to, to try to illustrate to you the, the vast array of different things that can happen and the ways that like, these different pain points can come up. In every one of these situations, there was ample opportunity for growth and learning to happen. And I know I, I probably missed so much of what I could say is like, you could have grown here and you could have learned this and you could have done this. But as I mentioned before, there, that these are the kinds of different things, the, the disappointment, the unmet expectation, the offense. These are the things that we're going to experience in relationship with other humans. And it's especially... I'm going to say this word again, it's shocking to us when it happens in the church because this is the place we're supposed to find healing. And I'll ask you again, is it right that we should expect our churches to be places of healing? I think it is. And I think that's why it's like shocking when this stuff happens. The truth is, over time, we eventually come to realize that God does good work and healing even in the midst of conflict. There's growth, transformation, opportunities to learn how to love or live love like Jesus. I almost said live, laugh, love. You guys would have never invited me back. You'd been like, get out of here, Hobby Lobby. But like, <laughs> if you live to live, oh no. There's opportunities to learn, right? And th these opportunities in conflict to love others like Jesus does. And here's the deal. If we're going to rediscover church, we also have to renew our vision of an understanding for how God works in and through the hurt and pain that we experience. Amen? We've got, we've got to rediscover church, great, but we've got to be able to deal with this thing, this church hurts. So there's... Over the years, I would say there's three important reasons why I think conflict matters as we learn to live like Jesus, to love others like he does. So I want to share those with you now. This will kind of be like, if you're taking notes, uh, this is a great time to get the pencils out. So why conflict matters, why it's important in the healing process, and how it helps us to be formed and transformed more into a likeness of Christ. The first point, hey, P.S., slide leader, you're killing it. Good job. Good job. You are taking what could have been so bad and making it. You rock. So the first thing is it knocks off our edges, right? Anybody in here think you don't have edges? That's good. Rough spots that need to be smoothed over, right? How is that supposed to happen? How is that supposed to happen? 
what's the process for edge remediation and smoothing out a broken, sinful human? Here's a few passages to think about as we tackle that. So the first is Proverbs 27.6, um, if you want to throw that up. I love this one. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. I love that it's Im almost implicit in this verse that there is a friend, and if that friend wounds you, it can be trusted. Have you ever had a friend warn you about something? Hey, that's not the right guy. That's not the right girl. That's not the right job. Someone over here has had a lot of remediation. <laughs> I appreciate the uh, interaction. Wounds from friends, right, can be amazing. The enemy, though, multiplies kisses with no care or recognition of, like, your, your greater good, right? Flattery, you're awesome, you're this, you're that, blah, blah, blah. You don't, you don't, you don't need that. You don't need that. Wounds from a friend can be trusted. And that's, that's in part how we begin to knock off our edges, right? Being challenged. The next one, Proverbs 27, 17. This is an interesting one. As iron sharpens iron, so another, one man sharpens another. Have you guys ever heard this verse quoted about like meeting together and like talking about the Bible, right? Which isn't bad, but how do you sharpen iron? It's kind of an intense process, isn't it? Isn't there heat involved and sparks and friction, right? This, this is the process, right? So iron sharpens iron. That's an intense process. There's... A lot of, there's bumping up against and smoothing out edges and you don't get a sharp axe by like hitting it against leaves. You've got to hit that thing. It's got to be heated up. So here's, you know, again, a picture, another picture of this is, this conflict thing, this path to our healing there's going to be friction. Hebrews 10.24, and this is a great one. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. You guys ever ridden horses and you spur a horse? Like that doesn't feel good to a horse. You stick spikes in it to get it moving. So the, he, the writer of Hebrews is saying, we got to spur one another on to love and good deeds. We got to agitate each other towards movement. That's another key component here. Good friends, good fellowship. This is, again, in conflict. This is how we help each other. The second point I want to bring up, um, page that initial slide. Conflict matters in our healing because it reveals our brokenness. Oh, man. Oftentimes, our hurt and pain reveal the spaces in us that need further healing and attention. There should have been a lot of amens right there, I'm going to be honest. Right. There you go. Thank you, Jade. They need further healing and attention. Why do you get so angry when you drive your car? 
Jerry? Oh, well, that's not exactly the... I think you have some more smoothing outing. <laughs> um, why do you get so angry? Why does it hurt when Corey doesn't call you back? Right? What's going on there? Why, why was I, like, shell-shocked when that guy like turned around and left the church when I told him I was going to be the one preaching. What was that? Why did that mess with me so much? Think about other things you feel, right? Why do I feel overlooked, undervalued, unheard, unappreciated? What are all these things coming up? These painful emotions that we feel, I want to give you this picture, right? These painful emotions... These can be like signal flares firing up from our souls deep within us. Hey, there's still more work to be done. There's still more healing that needs to happen. So we, we need to pay attention to that. And then finally, conflict matters in our healing because it's biblical. It's biblical. And we could, I, I can't spend a ton of time here because we get lost. Cain and Abel, you guys, if you don't know that story, Cain kills Abel. They have friction, they have conflict, he kills him. It starts in conflict. Uh, if you've ever read the book of Philemon, shout out Ray. The book of Philemon, this is an unbelievable story where Paul is writing and he's asking the church to forgive a runaway slave and welcome this man Onesimus back into fellowship with them. Talk about conflict and friction. Like, unbelievable story. Think about Peter and Paul. If you know this story, what happens is Paul recognizes that Peter's acting one way in front of the Jews and another way in front of the Gentiles. And again, wounds from a friend can be trusted. So Paul says, Peter, why are you being different? Why aren't you congruent and consistent in how you're acting? Conflict, right? What was Peter going to do? Paul and Barnabas, do you remember this story? Paul and Barnabas have a sharp disagreement. They decide to go different ways in the way they're ministering and missionizing and preaching. They go separate ways in their journey, right? That was a sharp disagreement, and they went different ways. All that to say, where there are humans, there will be opportunities for hurt, conflict, and pain. In his book, The Four Loves, C.S. Lewis, I want to share with you a longer quote. I don't know how it's going to go. But in his book, The Four Loves, C.S. Lewis says, to love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it to no one, not even an animal. Wrap it carefully round with hobbies and little luxuries, Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness, but in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. To love is to be vulnerable. To love is to be vulnerable. As we follow Jesus... As we rediscover church, like what is this place? We're called to live vulnerable lives as we follow him. 
it's scary. It's a scary thing to love and care for others. It's a scary thing to open up and share yourself with your community. Right? There's always potential for hurt. As Corey shared, Paul was like, hey, go hang out with this other guy. And I love what Corey said. He's like, is he going to try to take my job? No. No. Corey's the perfect pastor for this place. But there's always this potential. And like I've said before, it's shocking when it goes wrong. I believe, though, we have a rightly placed expectation of the church, of this space. This is where we get healed. This is where we meet God. This is where we fellowship with one another. Amen. We sing, we pray. The blind hopefully see, the deaf hear, the hungry get fed, the broken get healed. This is the place where I you know, bump up against other people who are filled with love, joy, peace, peace, peace. You guys know what I'm saying. Gentleness and self-control. I was just speaking in tongues. Hello. Let's go. Um, so with that, with that, that's the expectation, right? And somewhere in us, we kind of know, I hope that I find that there. And so then when we don't, that's, that's where it's really painful. Amen? When Corey doesn't, I'm going to keep picking on, when he, Corey doesn't call you back, right? Man, I just thought my pastor would always call me back. I thought he'd always want to talk to me. That's so weird. I don't come into a church expecting perfect people, but I am expecting something. I think what I'm hoping for in me is to experience a church. A church. I think God has a plan for his church. I told Corey before I started, I'm, I'm wrestling with this idea of do we really deep dive into like what church means? I don't know. But I know Corey just touched on this last week. Bless you. God has a plan for his church. And when Jesus speaks about the church in the New Testament three times, he uses this specific word that means a called out people. A called out people. Called up and out of the world type of people. And so again, I think when we go to the church spaces and these holy places, we're anticipating that we're going to bump into this kind of people. That's not to say we have to be perfect, but again, that's why it's like a little shocking when we do experience disappointment and hurt and everything else. Do you guys remember, uh, do you guys like uh, Marvel, the Marvel movies? You know Doctor Strange? You know when he like goes into his weird state and he's like, mm, how many different ways? You know what I'm talking about? How many outcomes? And then he's like, there's one way. Anyway, I tried to do that earlier. <laughs> and what happened was I saw there's zero possible outcomes where the church doesn't involve people. So 
There's zero possible outcomes where the church does not involve people, other humans. So that means that you will potentially get hurt, you will get offended, and you will be disappointed. And to wrap up my time, um, also side note, whenever a pastor says that, you got to know you got at least half more hour. <laughs> so now for my last point. Um, there's, I don't know how to even get into it, but here's, here's how we're going to do it. In Joshua chapter 7, in Joshua 7, the Israelites experience one of the most painful and horrific things that they would experience in their history. And what ends up happening is there's a man named Achan. This is Joshua 7, 24 through 27 that I'm talking out of. There's a man named Achan, and, what, and he ends up kind of taking some silver and gold and a robe and different things from the people that the Israelites have plundered. And they've already been told, don't take anything. Don't take anything. Don't make any idols. Don't covet anything. This isn't for you. So he takes this stuff, right? And he hides it in his tent. And the Lord, the, the, the wrath of the Lord comes among the people. And it's bad, right? It's really bad. So Joshua, the leader, has to go through the people and through like a process has to end up figuring out it's Achan. It's in his tent. So listen to what ends up happening here. So Joshua says to Achan, why'd you bring this trouble on us? The Lord brings trouble on you today. And all Israel stoned him with stones. They burned them with fire, stoned them with more stones. Then they raised up over him a great heap of stones that remains to this very day. Then the Lord turned from his burning anger. And therefore to this very day, the name of this place is called the Valley of Achor which you might see in your Bible, there's like a little translation. Acre means trouble. So the valley of trouble. So keep that in your mind. So hundreds of years later, God has, uh, the, the Jews are being forcibly removed from their homeland. It's going very badly. It's horrible. And God starts speaking through the prophets. And he's speaking specifically through one prophet named Hosea. And I just want to read to you what Hosea says. Keep the valley of Achor in your mind. Here's what Hosea says. So the Lord is speaking through Hosea, or to Hosea, to Hosea. And this is specifically about how he's going to redeem Israel. Therefore, you got, did I give you that one, Paige? Hosea, but he says, therefore, I'm now going to allure her I will lead her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. There I will give her back her vineyards. I will make the valley of Achor a door of hope. There she will respond as in the days of her youth, as in the day she came up out of Egypt. I, I hope that with this story, I can connect a dot for you and give you a picture what Hosea's saying, God's going to do, is he's going to take one of the most painful things that happened in Israel's history, in the Jewish history as they're coming up 
and to be a people. He's going to take that thing and he's going to make that valley of Achor a door of hope. Most painful thing, horrible thing to his people. And he's going to take that space and make it a door of hope. He's trying to say, this is how far I will restore and redeem this people. That even this place will be considered a door of hope. And so our God is in the business of taking even our most painful experiences and turning those things into doors of hope in our lives. Amen? Through which we and others might experience healing. Healing. So I don't know how you've been hurt, what your story is. I don't know that. I don't, I don't know how many messages you've got into Corey that you're just waiting for a response. Like, I keep teasing you, but whatever. You guys know what I'm saying. I don't know those things, but I do know that God can do something about it. And I do know that he's invited us, he's called us, the church, to be active participants in the process of healing. In the process of healing. So, here's three things for you. Number one, if you've been hurt, disappointed, or offended, or any of those other things, I would, I would encourage you to lean into it. Lean into it. Matthew 18, 15 through 20 gives us some very clear language, prescriptive language on how to deal with offense. You, you probably know this if you don't. Here it is real quick. If your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault, just between the two of you. If he listens, you've won your brother, but if he will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses, tell it to the church, and if he refuses to listen, even to the church, treat him as you would a pagan or a tax collector. It goes on. I'm going to stop there. That's prescriptive, right? This is how you deal with these things in the church. But also, this is a great rubric, if you will, with how to deal with that even just in your relationships. If someone hurts your feelings, they probably don't even know. Go and tell them. Hey, Ray, that thing you said the other day, like, that really hurt my feelings. I don't know why, but you just struck a chord in me, and I don't know, man, I can't stop thinking about it. Ray's probably going to go, dang, I'm so sorry. I had no idea. I, I don't even remember what I said. We're going to hug and move on with our lives. It's going to be great. It doesn't always go perfectly, but that's the prescription. The second thing is, and I, uh, I can't even get into this. This would take six hours. But you've got to pay attention to your hurts and the things that offend you. Are those things pointing to further healing that you need to pursue? Those signal flares, right, that are flying up, why am I so angry about this thing? Why am I so hurt? Why? What the? I'm crying right now? Like, why am I crying? You've got to lean into that stuff. You've got to try to dig it up. You've got to, the people around you, press into them. Hey, this is the thing I'm dealing with. Like, what's going on? Therapy, man, what an amazing place therapy is. Trusted friends, amazing, amazing. What gets you angry? What gets you offended? What gets you disappointed? 
How do you respond to conflict? Right? When I, when I made my friend cry about her Christmas sweater, man, you better believe I apologized up one side and down the whole other, right? Up and down. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. So we lean into it. And lastly, um, I know we're going to get into worship. I don't know what the process is. If you're like a worship leader, come on up. Um, but as we get into this space right now, so there's a, there's a couple things you can do. There's a couple things you can do right there. Lean into it. Recognize the hurt, the offense, the disappointment. Why are these things happening? What's going on? And then lastly, as we transition out, I want to, you guys know this, but in the back we'll have places where you can get prayer. If you need prayer, forgiveness, the Bible says confess your sins to one another and find healing. Seek forgiveness if you need to seek forgiveness. Pray with someone, like lean into it. And I'm going to go back to what I asked you in the very beginning, which was, is it, is it right that we should expect our churches to be places of healing? As I give you this last point, I do believe that there's healing in the church. Amen? If you need to take time to press into that tonight, press on in, right? Press on in. Thanks for letting me talk to you tonight. Let me pray as... Uh, we get going. Lord Jesus, thank you for your good word and kindness. Thank you for your amazing grace. Thank you, Father God, for taking us as sinners and, and offering us paths to salvation. I even want to thank you, God, for the situations that have been difficult, painful, the things that have formed us, the times we've been shocked, and you've been there with us. Thank you, God. Thank you that there's a path to healing. Thank you that your word gives us this picture that even the most horrific things in our life, even those things can be formed and renewed and restored. They can become doors of hope through which healing occurs. In your name, Jesus, that's the only way. So that's what we pray tonight. In the name of Jesus, would there be healing? God, would you help us through this hurt? And God, would you help us to rediscover the beauty of the church you've given us? In your name, amen.